0: Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fuelled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that absolutely loves being a party pooper. Uh, Last night, ably demonstrated why football is the greatest game in the world. Uh, From the depths of despair at half-time to the resurrection in the second, the game crackled like a £10 firework. But, most important of all, Chelsea's feckless team of malcontents and shirkers finally turned up when it mattered to ensure... We kept our 26-year home unbeaten run intact and put a nail in the coffin of Spurs title aspirations whilst delivering the most improbable title of all to Leicester and our old gaffer Ranieri. What more could you want? Blood, thunder and Eden Hazard. Football, bloody hell. I'm Stanford Chidge and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Football Fancast number 353. 55 years... Fifty-five more on a yeah! yes on a day <laughs> on a day when we could have had about seventeen different titles, all of them quite rightly taking the right royal piss out of those horrible people from. I'm very nearly swearing already on the show from those from those nasty cocks in North London. I think we'll settle for. But there you go. Now I've got some fantastic people around me tonight on the show who are most definitely not cocks, and they are in no particular order, they are the lovely Jonathan Kidd.
2: Oh, thank you. I, I have no cock about me at all.
0: And talking of cock, somebody's scratching around like a cockerel. It sounds like, you know when somebody draws on a piece of paper with a marker pen? So, who <laughs> own up.
2: I'm not fiddling with my cock.
0: Somebody's fiddling with their cock. Uh, anyway, apart from the lovely Jonathan Kidd, who is apparently not fiddling with his cock, we've got the wonderful, uh, the, the Chelsea author, the the man who manfully mans the stall at uh, the CFC UK stall outside Fulham Broadway, Chupi, is Mr. Marco Worrell.
1: Buonasera. Lovely, lovely to hear you. Claudio.
0: Yeah, yeah, I bet you're loving that, aren't you?
1: Yeah.
0: More of that later. Uh, Mr. Dan Levine, uh, another Chelsea uh, writer, journalist, a man who apparently did a and a at, C- at the Supporters Trust uh, meeting, which I couldn't go to yesterday, but most of all was tweeting hilariously all night last night and loving every minute of it, weren't you, Dan?
3: Yep, the cock of the walk, that's what cock I of am. The walk. <laughs> and, uh, cock <laughs> of I'm the walk. delighted about uh, last night's turn of events.
0: Yes, they were fantastic. I have a suspicion that tonight's show will be joyous and gleeful, and why not?
2: Right. And and, and crowing, oh, rather than coughing. Crowing,
0: I like it. Well, I remember last week I said on the show that hopefully we will castrate the cockerel or choke the cockerel. You know, we had lots of. In fact, as, as Alison said last week, we, we, we are there any more cockerel jokes? Well, I think there'll be plenty more tonight. Now, on this very show tonight, we will be prostrating ourselves in front of Eden Hazard and offering eternal gratitude for keeping the North London cocks firmly in their trousers. Sorry, in their place. Uh, in part two, we'll be asking: uh, Were Spurs and Clattenburg a disgrace, or do we prefer blood and thunder football with a hundred percent commitment and a bit of naughtiness? And just how important was it to keep the unbeaten record intact? End Spurs' title hopes and deliver Leicester theirs. Now, in part three, we'll be congratulating the youth on their hat-trick of cup wins and asking, should the club be embarrassed at their lack of progression to first-team football? And we'll be asking, why is Courtois so grumpy? Or who stole his waffles? And what is happening with the proposed redevelopment of Stamford Bridge? And I'm asking that question largely because the wonderful Dan Levine wrote a fantastic article on, what is it, UMix or something?
3: Uh, that was Eurosport, I it was think. A Eurosport? That I can't yep, keep up yep. with you, Daniel. So you've been. And he
2: was also, he was also immensely eloquent at the uh, the Chelsea Trust meeting. Well,
0: about. there we go, the one that I missed. Well, I'm no doubt oh. we'll try and squeeze a bit of that in if we can. But yeah, it was a very good article, Dan. So I thought we'd tap your brains about that because I was intrigued by its contents. Now to wrap up in part four, we'll have the usual roundup of Chelsea supporter news, in couple, uh, including a couple of great emails. One from Richard Crow and the other from Mac Bergson, both of whom are probably in the Mixler chat room tonight. And that's a perfect segue because, of course, you've, you can always listen to this show live every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. And, of course, you can always tweet at Chelsea fancast during the show. Tell us what you think about the games and anything else on Chelsea. And we have a lot of the lovely, usual suspects in the house tonight, including Mark Barfoot. We've got Bob Oozray, Diane from Dubai. The gaffers in the house. There you go. Oh, good old yeah. gaffer. Yeah, I haven't seen the gaffer for a while. Zuriel NG, who no doubt is is absolutely beaming from ear to ear having got tickets for both the last two games, I'm sure he's delighted by that the lovely Debs is there uh, oh, blimey, we've got Johnny T in the house, Johnny T, the lucky recipient of my season ticket yesterday, so he could see the game uh, so there we go, Clive Lewis, Joe the Blue, Planet Earth is Blue, I mean all, all our usual mates are there, it's it's what, what more can one say, so there we go Jonathan, you're rustling what is that
1: rustling? it's
0: Jonathan, Jonathan put your cock away <laughs> Seriously mate you are you're rustling around like No a... I
2: am afraid I admit it but I, I I moved away to get a pen, a Did pen you? and I'm in, I'm in bed You're scratching around like a cockroach <laughs> I scratched I'm in bed G- Are you in bed Yeah I fancied to lie down so here I am I've got all my all my technical bits and pieces out I've got my my iPad my phone every my headphones everything That's amazing. I thought I'd get a pen That's to amazing. make a few notes Okay
3: Jonathan are you are you reclining in some sort of blood coloured robe like Byron of course, I that's that's what you're boarding on.
2: I have a, I have a very long blonde wig on as well. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, dearie me! And a pair of a pair of slippers, which I'm calling pontoofles. Listen, Jonathan, Jonathan. All I'm going to yeah. all
0: I'm going to say, and I shall say this only once. Please keep your hands yeah. outside of the covers, all right?
2: No, they have to be. They have to be. I've got a very, very tight duvet.
0: Although there is lots to get excited about on the show tonight. Oh, very,
2: very, very. Particularly when when you talk about it, John. Well, I
0: know. I'm, I I it has been said to me before. My my chocolate brown dulcet tones. Apparently, there's a lovely girl on Twitter. I can't remember her name now. Which is um, heavenly blue. I remember she, she listened to me on Talk Sports, she said, you've got such a lovely voice, Gigi, it's like chocolate. And I thought, oh, oh sweet. dear, if only I wasn't married. Right, okay. Was it a flake? Was uh, it a flake you resembled? Well, no, it's like, like a like a galaxy, mate.
2: Oh, mate. Girl, fantastic.
0: Th- thick and creamy.
2: I was thinking of a, a kind of, you know, f- flake-like object.
0: Yeah, well, I, I should shut up because you're the voiceover king with the chocolatey voice. Anyway, <laughs> enough yeah. of all this prattle. Uh, after this very short <laughs> break. <laughs> you what, Margot?
1: Mellifluous, Mellifluous,
0: yes. Oh, lovely word, lovely Lovely word. word. Right, after this short break, which of course celebrates Chelsea beating uh, Spurs at Wembley in the Capital One Cup last year, we will be talking about Chelsea not beating Spurs, but ruining their party properly in a sec. start i mean i suppose we ought to start the first half really i mean you know i had a very odd experience i I should preface the entire show with my absolute desolation with the fact that i was just i was just unable to be there last night i mean the you know sometimes the devil farts in your face and he surely farted in mine um but uh, i had to watch it on the telly and sober which is uh, very unusual for me to watch a game of football sober. that's for sure it's it's really awful. I now know why I go, because it's it's there is nothing worse than watching your beloved Chelsea uh, in a match of that magnitude on the telly. It's just... Oh,
2: it's, what was the commentary like? Were they, uh, oh, I, were they pleasant? Do you know
0: what? I, I can't even remember. I was just so wrapped up in the game, it just went over my head. Um, but I thought, actually, the bottom line is, you know, the first half, I thought we actually were edging it until they scored. I mean, Cheskin, and of course, had a couple of good efforts, but... Um, oh dear I mean you, you saw my tweet Jonathan two sloppy goals I mean I thought Keynes was uh, quite a, he, he made quite a good run to be fair uh, although you could probably blame Paul Marking uh, but Branners pass I mean it was know, just it was pulling, dire wasn't it? No but he was
2: on it. he was on a weird planet last night was he night. It was on pl- planet Branagh well, what, 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 what do you mean by that th- well, in a different world. I was watching him, thinking he, he can't run. He's gone. He was he was really wound up because he kept coming to the touchline and 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 going for his water bottle and and having words with with um, with potcher Thingy. Oh, was he? Poch. Yeah. And they of because he had that business where he grabbed the ball from him. Right. And um and refused and, and he refused to give the ball back. And then they then they did a kind of big extravagant hug. And I thought, this is so much. You are so wound up. And uh, and he was re- and then uh, he was he was. Going into challenges, and you thought he's he's going to get booked and sent off, and he kept being warned as well by Clattenburg because Clattenburg spent the first few minutes of the game um, clearly determined not to give anybody a card, which, to be fair to him, meant that nobody got sent off. Well, I mean, he could have sent anybody off in the second half, but it meant that he, because he hadn't given an early yellow card, it, it was sort of justified to give them later on. You know, I felt I felt he was uh, he was preparing himself for the onslaught, Clattenburg. Yeah. I know he's come in for a lot of stick, but I think. I think he knew what was what was going to be taking place. They were so wound up. But, but, yeah. but i I say, Br- Branner was on a completely different planet. Well, that's really it's because
0: I didn't notice that at all on the telly, which is, again, one of the annoyances about, you know, when you're there, you see a completely different game, as we all know. And, of course, you're lucky enough to be, you know... I saw all of
2: that. That's because you're in that position. Yeah, you're you see, right. As, but you're just, as, once again, with the with the video that I shot. For, which, for, those, uh, for
0: those of you who don't know, Jonathan sits uh, in the middle tier in the East stand, so he's kind of almost above the dugout, so he gets a really good view of stuff like that. But, I mean, the bottom line is, is that, you know, when that second goal in uh went in. I-, I thought we looked dead and buried, Marco.
1: Oh, totally. Um I uh I thought you know for the first thirty minutes we kinda held our own. You could obviously see that Spurs were up for taking the game to Chelsea and you could see the usual um problems beginning to manifest themselves um, around around the, the defensive midfield and backline areas, which obviously uh, capitulated slightly and very quickly. and it's kind of like when the second goal went in. I, you know, you, you sort of had that horrible feeling that it, it could get a lot worse.
2: I thought it was um, going to be embarrassing, Marco. I well, that, thought, oh my god!
1: I mean, fortunately, you know, it was half time, so yes. straight after and. Um, you know, I think everybody was just mortified at what was happening. You know, mortified that it was Tottenham, mortified that, you know, weirdly they might still somehow win the league if Leicester lost. You know, lost to Everton and then somehow lost to Chelsea. Um, and all those horrible thoughts going through the mind. But. Um, but yeah
0: it's it's really interesting what you say there Marco, about all these horrible thoughts going in your mind and I, and I, I, it's really interesting to hear you saying that surrounded by you know forty odd thousand people when I was sitting in in my bedroom thinking exactly those awful kind of the one i mean you know the wonderful paranoid thoughts one gets that we're going to get really stuffed here, the record's going to go Tottenham are going to win the league you know it's the end of days almost i mean it was <laughs> it was just it was awful I mean Dan I mean you're in the press box, but I mean you, you would have got a sense of the feeling around, you know, I mean, I have to say, actually, before, before you answer this, Dan, you know, even on the telly, you could, the atmosphere was absolutely crackling from, from the word go. But I mean, was there a bit of a dip when that second goal went in?
3: I mean, you're right, it was completely bouncing and the whole place was alive. Um, I, don't, I, I suppose there was a momentary dip. Um, the, the thing it felt like to me was that we've had weeks and weeks and weeks of people criticising the team, for just not getting it, for not understanding how important Spurs is. Um, and it felt like they'd all been g- given a, a, a real sort of quick refresher course in what it all meant. And they all understood it a little bit too acutely. They all looked so <laughs> hyper for it. You know, it was almost as if JT had got each one of them one-to-one in a small room <laughs> and said, Tottenham, Tottenham, Tottenham. You know. Well, more to and, the point,
0: if you don't turn up for this lot, I'm going to kick the shit out of you.
3: Perhaps and it was. It's interesting. Just fast forwarding, of course. He he posted after the game on on Instagram just a simple hashtag. Not on my watch. Oh, beautiful! I, thought, I missed that. Has there ever been a better oh, use of a hashtag man. on social media than that? That's just wonderful, um,
0: isn't it? That is that is truly truly. Because I mean, if you think about it, JT's probably been at the club for getting on for twenty six years. If you think about it.
3: Well, he, he he signed his schoolboy, schoolboy papers in '91, yeah. which was about you know sort of six months a year after yeah. that Lineker goal beat us last time. So
0: his entire career at Chelsea has has you know he's not seen us lose to, to Tottenham at home.
3: Marvelous, isn't which it? Just is
0: wonderful, isn't it? I mean, talking of you know people, I mean that's actually an interesting point, Dan, because one of the things I omitted to say was that one of my other paranoid thoughts was uh, was one of utter vitriol and hatred for that lot for letting us down yet again. At two nil, but uh, uh, I mean, I remember uh, you know reading Twitter before uh, we kicked off, and there seemed to be a lot of annoyance at Goose for uh, for not playing Hazard, and he came out with some feeble uh, thing in the in the presser about oh well, you know he's he's uh, he's you know he's coming back from injury and we're we're trying to take care of him. And my thought was thinking, yeah, you're trying to save him for the Euros, but cometh the hour, cometh the man, and he came on in the second half and. Wow, I mean, I, I, it was just wonderful to see the Hazard, who who won the Player of the Year last year, actually running at and beating defenders, and he absolutely—I thought he really energised the side, Jonathan. Don't
2: you? Oh, utterly magnificent performance from him in the second half. I mean, to be fair to Pedro, um, who he replaced, Pedro was being—you know—he's not the same Assassinated, player. Assassinated, I think the word. He was—he was, yeah, he was just being. Chopped non-stop, poor old Pedro. But the, you know, you see the difference. You realise, and the the team also was was energised by him coming on, by him playing so wonderfully. It was a completely fantastic performance from Hazard, who was was uh, superb. And they started playing all those little triangles and little little passes. Um, that they played last year when they when they won it, they just looked a, they looked like the, a proper team. And I actually think Spurs were completely taken aback by this.
0: Well, I mean, here, here's the thing, I mean, Mark, Marco. I'd lo- I mean, you know, I, I, clearly there was a, a massive void left in gate 17 thanks to me not being there. Although I'm sure Johnny T manfully made up for it. But you know, <laughs> I, I've heard tell of uh, there was a, a collective uh, kind of if you can have a loud silence uh, when that second goal went in. In fact, actually, when Cahill scored his goal, Marco, there was a collective intake of silence from the Spurs fans who'd been quite uppity beforehand. Was that true?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Absolutely. Um, You know, the the, the Cahill goal silenced. I just stunned everyone. But I think when Hazard came on uh, for the second half, I mean, Chelsea... You know, he just completely transformed Chelsea's approach Absolutely. to the game, and and everybody, you know, immediately we we're all saying, if we can get an early goal here, if we can nick a goal, we'll, we'll have this. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, that, that that's the way the way it transpired. But um, yeah, I mean, I think as uh, Dan mentioned earlier, the the atmosphere was sort of bouncing high and low, um, in in. You know, with the with the away fans and, and the home support, um, all, all the way through. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I was, I was trying to think when I was on my way home, um, just in terms of like that roller coaster ride of emotions. Um, w- w- when there the was something quite like that at, at the bridge. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's you know, it wasn't a cup competition. It wasn't like I don't know, like the Napoli game, um, or you know, some of those games with Liverpool or Barcelona. It, 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 because it wasn't a cup game, it just felt completely different. I, mean, I just think, I think, I think
2: Napoli. Napoli's similar, though, isn't it? Because we we lost a goal immediately against Napoli, and yeah, then it really yeah, was an was uphill super, struggle. Uh, so we so we were all down initially about that, and then realised we were playing well enough that we, and we we might get it back. You know, I felt I I didn't feel it was a once when Cahill scored, I thought I think we I think we're in this. I think we could win yeah. this because we were so much better, and everybody was so as 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 you've said already, Chich, Everybody was so energised by it. It was it was it was wonderful. This stuff for me, the second half was a was a a a a complete display i thought we were great i thought they actually got the the reason they they started fouling all the time was they were they were slow to the ball and intimidated by us Mm. because we were playing they were we were playing so well and they also got knackered and with 15 minutes to go all they were doing was booting the ball down the pitch to nobody
0: well we'll pick that up in in part two i think but i mean before we get to that i just want to talk about hazard's goal and actually the point you were making a minute ago jonathan because i noticed this as well is that uh, you know, for so much this season, you know, our build-up play has been lethargic and aimless and sideways, and and what I did notice in that second half, Dan, was that, that the quickness of movement and the sharpness of passing just went up several gears, and actually, you know, in spite of a lot of the stuff that we are going to talk about in part two, about Spurs bottling it, but Uh, they couldn't live with it Dan that was the reality and I think Hazard's goal absolutely epitomised that and what a superb goal it was
3: Brilliant Um, and it it was so much the story of last season wasn't it in that when Hazard plays well we play well Um, and I I mean that's a a late contender for goal of the season I know Chelsea have put it have slipped it into the goal of the season awards Um, but just in terms of the build-up, in terms of the teamwork, in terms of firing all, all pistons, and what a finish! Come on, yeah, you oh, mar-
2: marvelous, absolutely superb. I agree completely, brilliant. I, I
3: must admit
1: that f- from um, from my sort of vantage point, where we sit on that diog- ag- diagonal, diagonal <sighs> of gate you know, when, when when Hazard got that ball, I was kind of like, I was behind him. It yeah. was almost like I just stood behind him. <laughs> And I was like, go on, son. And he just unleashed it. And I just watched the ball sort of fizz. Like, you knew it was just going, fr- from the angle we were at, it was only, there was only one place that was going, you know, straight into the back of the net. And it, it was absolutely incredible.
0: Really so, funny you should say that, Marco, because that was my first thought. <laughs> I thought, bloody hell, if I'd have been there, I'd have seen that from the moment he yeah. kicked it. Because uh, where we, you're right, where we are, we're on that diagonal would have been right behind it and uh
1: and i I do i do think with with that um with that goal in my eyes he's absolved of all crimes against (laughs) (laughs) chelsea supporters for this season go in peace to love and serve the lord eden it's it's really it's
0: really funny isn't it actually because Again, Marco, that that was my first thought. I, before they scored the equaliser, it was, come on, one of you. just you know. I started thinking back to all that. I mean, even Gallus. Remember that last-minute goal that Gallus scored against the Spurs? I mean, yep. hate him as we all do now. But, you know, Belletti, remember the goal yeah. he scored against Spurs? I mean, you, you become a, a Chelsea legend almost by, by scoring a crucial goal. George Weyer, <laughs> remember that one? I mean, you know, and I just saw somebody please step it up. And I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased that Hazard, A, scored it, uh, but also I loved his performance in the second half. But, I, I you know, he's right, Dan. I mean, I, I, I've i kind of absolved him for much of the shit shithousery that we've put up with this season through that.
3: I take one issue with Hazard, I'm afraid, uh, through all of this, and that is that at half-time I had a conversation with um, Paul Lagan, who who will be known to people as CFC Journal on Twitter, who who similarly nails his colours to the mast in the same way as we all do. Um, And I was absolutely distraught at this stage. And we always go out for an end-of-season curry, and I said, there's no way we're turning (laughs) this around now. If we do, the curry's on me. So Eden Hazard, as far as I'm concerned, owes me a vegetable biryani, a tandoori <laughs> naan, and at least one scoop of kulfi.
0: Excellent. Listen, I mean, we, we're about to go into part two, but I, I don't think we can unless and, until we've had a few more special mentions, or, or as they like to say, shout going out to. Uh, God, that that's like so kind of 90s. Rave, no uh, kind of radio culture, isn't it? Shout out going on oh, to Disguise. Uh, anyway, special mentions got to be going to William for basically manning the fuck up, especially when Rose confronted him, but also pointing to the champions badge on on his shirt to the Spurs fans. Uh, Mikel for being the absolute the first into any scrap that was kicking off. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know I just I just loved it. I mean if it was a scrap about to, to brew up anywhere, you know, you know, uh, would turn up like Mr. Ben. It was just it was just brilliant.
3: He's a handy lad Mikkel He loves he's, it, doesn't he? He loves it,
0: Dan. He loves it. I mean, uh, you know, again, you could forgive Mikkel a lot for that uh, for 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 the fact that he gets into the fight quick. Uh I think we we mentioned it earlier, Fabregas for I think you know, actually showing a lot of fight and character to be fair, but clearly hating Spurs. And from what we now hear in the press, uh, you know, winding them up all night, uh, including, what was it, Dan? Colombian ball slaps.
3: Yes, I have no idea what that uh, is.
0: Go, Google it, folks. Don't,
3: no, no, don't, don't, Google, don't Google it. Google, don't go, <laughs> at least don't Google it at work. Certainly
0: not. <laughs> Indeed. And and last, but, but by no means least, uh, a man who has been derided by me for most of uh, this season, although I, I hate, I hate to do it because I I, I had high hopes for Oscar, but he ran around like a whirling dervish when he came on, gloriously and gleefully two-footing any Spurs player in sight and range. And I'm almost prepared to forgive him for his shithousery this year for, for doing just that. I just But
2: he, he did a couple of completely legitimate tackles that yeah. I just thought he's going to be sent off for doing that. And he got the ball. And Clattenburgs had play I know, on. And I thought, I, I don't believe it. I mean, it was... was it, sorry, go on, It was remarkable. It was just a remarkable performance from Oscar. But you then think, why has he done this uh, now yeah. with 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 having played <sighs> averagely for two years? Where does that come from? What's that all about? Why is he g up? Why isn't he G'd up for other games? I know. It's... It, it, it asks too many questions for me that's the problem I know, with too many I know, of them but I mean, it's the same it, question for Hazard well, the same, well there's right. so many of
0: them Jonathan but I mean who knows I mean I don't think well this is the thing you know I don't think we'll ever 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 get near to the answer as to, to what got them so motivated last night and what's had them so unmotivated for the season I just don't think we'll ever get to it but you know what Hazzard,
1: I have to say Hazard looked very svelte yeah Yeah, very
2: slim absolutely agree with you Mark very very slim he looked as if he'd yeah So perhaps he had been injured and a fat boy. Well, I think he he
0: has been. I think there's no doubt about that. But anyway, look, uh, there's there's much more to talk about, as you can imagine. Most of it involving extreme violence, I'm delighted to say. And uh, we will be carrying on this after the break.
3: The only place for Chelsea fans.
0: FootballFanCast.com Real fans, real opinions.
3: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total Nutters and Proper Chelsea.
0: Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to a joyous, and it's not often we've said that this season, a joyous Chelsea Fancast thanks to Chelsea stuffing. Uh, the rules and ruining their party. Nothing quite like it. And uh, joining me to uh, to crow over our North London rivals are the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. What? The brilliant and incisive Mark Worrell.
3: Hello.
0: And the... Uh, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but you grew up in North London, didn't you?
3: I did, yes. Yeah, the North Londoner, Dan Levine. The
0: North London Dan Levine. But actually, no, I, that was not said with any... any uh, you know perceived slight but uh, this is the point if you grow up uh, you know in North London then you are surrounded by Spurs fans my my
3: school was entirely full of Spurs, and go. I remember sort of 81-82 when they were winning FA Cups, and they were full of it, um, and that definitely created a hatred for for that club that that eclipses everything else. So a doodle do.
0: Yeah, I mean it's really interesting. Even in in, in you know, I, I'll tell you a little story here because I'm I, I'm just in the mood to be self indulgent tonight, and I cannot think why. Um, I mean, I grew up in, in in the middle of Hampshire, so you know most most people either supported uh, Southampton. Um, who else did they support? There's a few Liverpool fans kicking around, uh, because this was the 70s, of course. Um, but weirdly, there were quite a few Spurs fans. And I remember, uh, you know, I mean, I hadn't re- you know, really fallen in love with anybody particularly in those days. But uh, my best mate was a Chelsea fan. And my other best mate was um, a Spurs fan. And they actually went... I mean, this is kind of quite good in the context in terms of placing this historical hatred between Spurs and Chelsea really but they went to the Battle of White Hart Lane also known as the football match where Spurs beat Chelsea which basically meant we got relegated and was it 74 guys? Silence um, it was 74 no, no I'm trying
3: to, think, trying to think 74 in my defence I wasn't bored
0: that's very true, Dan. I was kind of referring to Marco and Jonathan there. Let's, for all I'm, intents and purposes, I'm trying to remember if I was there. Yeah, to, you probably I were, go, mate. I
2: know. I, I, I keep going to all the thinking. Oh yeah, I was there. Yeah. I mean, for those I of never, you, for those remember. of you
0: who who uh, are too young, like Dan, um, if you go and Google it, you'll you'll it'll be the one where you see lots of uh, kind of mullet and long-haired uh, fans running around with flares and high-heeled shoes and silk scarves tied round their waists.
2: That was me kicking
0: the shit out of each other because basically we were very upset that we lost. And as far as I I, I know, because I was obviously not there and I was far too young, uh, it really right royally kicked off, did it not?
2: Uh, it, it seemed it kicked off all the time, mm. Chidge, in that era. You, it, every every game But that was a particular. But a... it's
0: known as the Battle of White Hart Lane. No, no, it? that
2: yeah. that particular that yeah. particular one. Yeah. But I I, I seventy five. Um...
0: I saw Alan May score says seventy five, and I would never argue with anybody whose whose name is I saw Alan May score. Indeed.
2: So there we go. So basically,
0: my two best friends—one a Chelsea fan and one a Spurs fan—were uh, both there, and and I didn't. But anyway, uh, it goes back away. That's the point. Now, uh, we we spent quite a lot talking uh, about uh, the first half, but um, the second half is clearly far more interesting, particularly from a Chelsea perspective. But I think the first the first thing I really want to talk about is the fact that you know, as we alluded to in part one, you know, Chelsea basically, to a man, rose to the challenge, showed some balls. Uh, and uh, quite literally took the fight to them. And and from, from where I was sitting, it, it looked to me like Spurs bottled it and choked. I mean, would that be fair, Dan?
3: Yeah, completely. Um, and they, they not only bottled it and choked, but they completely reverted to type as a bunch of thugs who didn't know what they were doing. Um, they sort of lost all their composure, and uh, they went completely over the top. And by the end of the game, they could easily have had five red cards, I thought.
2: Well, I mean... You, well, you, you, I, don't, I don't know how we didn't send off... Um at the end when he, oh, for this, for his second foul tackle. He just ignored it. Well, it was sh- should, should
0: we have a butcher's bill here? And I mean, what we should also say is that this didn't happen in the second half. This was happening from the get-go. I mean, you know, Kyle Walker, I mean, I can't remember which one of you it was in part one saying that they they clearly, you know, they were too wound up, basically, the Spurs uh, players from the get-go. But Walker kicked uh, Pedro. Uh, he then absolutely took him out, lunged at him. You know, I, he could have got a red for that. Uh, Dembélé gouges Costa, and also did some naughty fouls in front of the linesman. Yeah, I
2: didn't get I that know, at all. Who, who
0: had a view of it? Rose yeah. uh, uh, a nasty couple of tackles. Could I mean? I reckon there's five. Dembélé, Dyer, Walker, Rose, Lamella could have all gone in my book. I mean, what, what do you reckon, Walker Marco? Also,
3: it's I think we. So. I,
1: I saw William. William getting. Uh, thuggeried about by Rose on a couple of occasions, but in terms of, I don't know what Klattenberg was actually, whether he was, you know, deliberately decided not to send anyone off. It it
2: looked like it, it looked like it, yeah. You
1: know, he he didn't, I don't know, 12 yellow cards or whatever, fine, but it needed, He just didn't have control of the game. And I I mean, I suspect Tottenham are going to get fined for failing to control their players, which. I think, exactly I think as will Chelsea though. I think actually, Marco. I think probably, we... but I mean, ultimately, the ref didn't have control of the game, really, did he? I, do you know what? It's really odd because I was thinking. Is, is he? Is he? Is, is rated as? Well, he's
0: our number one ref. He's going to the Euros. Sorry, yeah, and things. Yeah.
2: I mean, he was the semi-final of, of. He was in the. He was the Real Madrid referee the other day.
0: I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you know, nine nine yellow cards. I mean, Dan, I'm sure will correct me if I'm wrong, but nine yellow cards is is. The most yellow cards for one side in the history of the Premier League. I think Spurs will definitely get fined because if you have over six yellow cards, you get a mandatory,
3: yeah. mandatory five or over. I That's think.
0: right. So they're definitely in trouble for that. I think that we'll also get into trouble for failing to control our players because we were involved in quite a few bus stops. I mean, the, the, the I think the most annoying one is is uh, is I mean, Mark's just, Mark Barford's just mentioned it on on Mixler about Costa, but I mean. Costa reacted to Vertonghen who tried to get the shirt completely off his back as as Vertonghen does regularly it has to be said he does this all the time and I thought you know Costa was quite restrained in not butting him from here to bloody you know White Hart Lane thought, you know Co- go on Marco I, don't know
1: I was just going to say I, Costa Costa amused me to start with because he came on he's got to be the first Chelsea player I've ever seen wearing gloves at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> uh, but then he took them off after 20 minutes, and I thought, here we go. The gloves are off. He's going to start mixing it. But, but he, I, 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 I didn't think people were losing their heads, and notwithstanding the fact that Dembélé tried to gouge his at scrap, or scratch his eyes out. Scratch his eyes out. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I thought he was quite restrained last night.
2: But I, th- I thought he, di- he disappeared. I felt that he wasn't as good as he normally is because he wasn't involved in the- any of the melees. Yeah. Thought, well, I, I maybe that's was... a good thing, Jonathan. That, yeah, it was a good thing. Yeah, but he know, was, know, he found his, found his, that, his found first One of you, Marco. Sorry, I, I was just saying, I found it bizarre that, you know,
1: he's normally the first man to have a rush of blood to the head. Yeah. Um, and, and he was
0: kind of on the periphery of a lot of it. Maybe Goose has finally, you know, got the message through to him. Because, I mean, here's the thing with Costa. And, I mean, I think that was the point I was making. You know, he got equally chastised for reacting to Vertonghen. Even though, actually, in the scheme of things, I thought he was very restrained. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, Costa is never innocent in the eyes of the referee. So, even if he is the wrong party
1: well i i I wonder if if Costa had been the perpetrator of any of those acts of willful thuggery that uh, Spurs players meted out um, would he would he have been dismissed by Cla I think
0: I without know. a shadow of a doubt, Marco, and I think that's my point. I think you know maybe Gus has got into his head and said, "Look, mate." I don't like it. You don't like it. But the fact of the matter is, is that you will be victimised on that pitch by referees. So any sniff of trouble, they're going to pick on you. So you've got to cut it out. If you want to stay on on the pitch, and you want to do a job for Chelsea, you've got to avoid it. And maybe maybe that's working. Listen, I want to move this. I want hang on, Jonathan. I want to move this on to actually um, the, uh, the the video clip that has made Jonathan Kidd's name. If only it had been used in connection with it. But Jonathan. Uh, managed to film a brilliant uh, sequence, uh, which uh, was at the end of the match where there was an almighty ruck going on, and poor old uh, goose got uh, pushed over by by danny rose we think don 't we Jonathan
2: um, i think well I think inadvertently he got pushed over but because he was being pushed from the back by uh, um, by potch 's uh, right hand man, I think we worked out, but it, because of that, it all started off, and it looked as if Danny Rose pushed him and also um, uh, uh, Vaughn was involved and then uh, Costa's hands around somebody's neck and it might have been that Eddie Newton then punched somebody. You need to look through it. The dilemma I had was I actually shot two minutes of it and it really evolves in the two minutes but I could only get 30 minutes up onto onto Twitter. 30 seconds. All, sorry, 30, sorry to 30 seconds. 30, 30 seconds up because that's all you're allowed to put up there. But it's still got the essence of, of Goose falling over, being uh, uh, being pushed forward. It was like an enormous... Um, it was a scrum essentially, and uh, I just posted it up saying, you know, rather innocuously, not saying, you know, not giving the blame to anything, just putting, saying, Goose is knocked over in the melee at the end of the game, and uh, woof, you know, 2,000 people have tweeted it all over the place. Are you, are you um, now famous? Um, uh, well, I'm hoping to be famous as a, as a filmmaker and a director as a consequence. Can actually. you
0: claim any credit for directing the uh, the actors in that scene?
2: Well, I asked for their permission, but they've, they've, they've. Nobody's replied. Did you Did you tell
0: them to give it some more awe?
2: I would have done it again, actually. Yeah, awe, oh, oh. Um, I, I'd probably ask Go- Goose to f- to have fallen further. I thought it was quite and, good,
0: though. I thought it was. And quite... cracked
2: his head. Yeah. He cracked his head, and then had been a bit of blood. There would have been a much more sympathy. Well, for I think him.
0: it was worthy of Charlie Chan, mate.
2: Oh, thank you, thank yeah. you, good, good. Uh, I did well, Dan.
0: Uh, like Jonathan, in fact, you were probably even closer to it than Jonathan. I would suspect. I mean, did you did you get a really a good look uh, as to what was going on, Dan? Uh, Jonathan, you're scratching again.
3: Well, oh, I'm scratching my head. Isn't that well, weird?
2: Be,
0: be quiet, Dan. Uh, you do, you must have had a good view of that as well. and slightly better, I would have thought. Did you? No, not
3: especially because all of the, all of the the. the players freebie tickets who sit directly in front of me all standing up and having a beak so i think jonathan probably got a oh, better right. view than i did okay. but um but certainly I, I i i've seen a lot from jonathan's footage which is excellent and uh, it just seems like um as he says a right old strum uh, goose was saying afterwards that um, he said something quite amusing that you know you've got to know how to fall and even at my age i know how to fall yeah he
0: played it down didn't
3: he yeah he did a bit um but, um, you, know, you you would expect that the FA will be all over that.
0: Well, what do you think is going to happen, Dan? I mean, I, I know that, you're, you know, you, you're you're kind of far more in touch with what what, what they, they tend to do. I mean, you know, what do you think the fallout of this will be?
3: Um, I was talking to a, a colleague immediately after the game, he has got the week off, and they were just saying, thank God I'm away, because the whole week is going to be FA issue charge, club denies, club admits. You know, statement gets put out. It's just going to be a whole week of it, and I, that's all I can f- foresee really. It's just going to go on and on and on, and it is going to be very tedious. But I'm sure plenty of people are going to get charged over this.
0: Mm. I mean, you, I mean, there'll, there'll be repercussions for Tottenham for the nine yellow cards. There'll be repercussions, one would hope, for Dembele, who hopefully will get yeah. a ban.
3: That's got to be a season over. I'd yeah. Think.
0: What about Lamella for stamping on Fabricius's foot? Because he looked pretty deliberate to me.
3: There's a good chance of the same there. They may, may lose a, a few players, I, I, ironically, um, given all of the the, the the accusations they were flinging at us that we might put the kids in for the last couple of games, particularly against Leicester. It might be Spurs who have to play the kids for the oh, end of there the season. Go.
0: I mean, what about us? Have we got any anything to worry about?
3: Um, I've no doubt at all that, that there will be charges that will stick. I think uh, failing, failing to control the players is a given just because of the melee <laughs> yeah. at the end. Um, but yeah, there may be some ret- retrospective action. One thing I just want to put to bed that has been doing the rounds on social media today: um, Costa didn't bite anyone. It's nonsense.
0: No, no. Well, v- clearly was you know, grabbed him round the throat and and the and the mouth, didn't he? From what I could see. Yes. Yeah. a really nasty piece of work. I mean, it's not for anything. I called him Vatongan the wrongen You
1: know, <laughs> he's
0: not. He's really snide. I actually so Spurs really you know in fact it was quite funny actually because basically Spurs went around doing what they always do slapping shirters it's alright tumbleweed I can edit it in
2: um, <laughs> listen just to so co- put, change put the laughter track I in, will I, I
0: need to get you. a laugh I've got I can, need I, to get, one. I can
2: get one you should f- get us all to laugh now I can, I, and then build it up some... one two one two three <laughs> of course, some wild track. I can
0: pl- I can play it in. I just keep forgetting to do it. Um, in fact, I could have one for tumbleweed when I think I have actually done a bad joke and it deserves nothing less than. Or I can have you know canned laughter. It'd be great. Listen, just to bring this back into focus, because we did we did start talking about were Spurs and Klattenberg a disgrace? Clearly, Spurs are a disgrace. Uh, I am inclined to agree actually that Klattenberg was a disgrace. And I think I think it was Jonathan, either Jonathan or Marco, that was saying that um, he he let it go. And I mean, it's a real fine line, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you know, we criticise referees to getting in and and being too stroppy and issuing a yellow card or a red card immediately. But it's clear he absolutely lost control of the game. And actually, by not being stern on the offender's early doors, you know, it, it led to them taking the piss for most of the match. But here's the big question, actually. Because you know normally i'd be leaping up and down demanding that you know all you know at least five red cards were shown to spurs players but there's a massive part of me that says uh, you know isn't this what we want proper old school football tackles flying in everywhere 100% commitment a bit of nastiness going on a bit of edge uh, and the other thing of course is that by keeping 11 spurs players on the pitch it denies them any possible excuses about how they cocked it up i mean marco what's your view on that <laughs>
1: Um, what was the question again? I mean, the thing, is, the thing is,
0: Marco, is that, you know, on the one hand, Klattenberg lost control, Spurs of disgrace. definitely should have had five or six players sent off. But, you know, I get the impression, even watching it from afar last night, is that that is the kind of football match I love to see. 100% commitment on both sides, a massive amount of nastiness going on, proper old school football, tackles flying in and 11 players on each side staying on the pitch. In some respects, it's kind of, I don't know about, I mean, certainly what I crave, and I know a lot of friends who, who also crave that. I mean, Mark, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I mean, ev- everybody, everybody was talking about this game, e- even if they don't like football. I mean, I, I, was, I was over at the club this morning and there's a bloke called Graham who's really boring and rides horses, not, not to denigrate anybody who rides horses. <laughs> He's got no interest in football at all. But, does but he work? Does he work he, at the club then, Mark? Mark? He, even he was talking about it. Everybody was talking about the game. That it, the I know. I know it kind of had the, the tangential Leicester factor because the, 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 the net result of two-two was um, the fact that Leicester won the league. But everybody was talking about the. You know, that
2: particular game and we're talking about Chelsea it, top it, it reminded me of, of, a, of Chelsea Leeds Yeah, it good reminded point me, It reminded me of those, that era kind of game and Chelsea Man U, but specifically Leeds because Leeds just used to come and try and, and kick the ass off you and, uh, and Chelsea would respond and I felt it had that kind of impact and that kind of, of, uh, of, of energy to the whole game I thought it was completely wonderful the second half was wonderful, particularly since Spurs disintegrated. The, the
0: one thing I would say as a coda to that, or a caveat to that, as much as I enjoyed it, and, and I like a bit of that, I was a bit disappointed because it seemed to be predominantly the Chelsea players that were on the end of it and it was crying out for the likes of a Michael Essie. And, I mean, put it this way, if Michael Essie and, and, and uh, Michael Ballack were playing in that side last night, you know... they have been broken legs. That, yeah, there would have been a few Spurs players wandering off that pitch minus a leg you know, I think they were allowed to take the piss and take liberties, and they, I mean, some of those tackles were awful.
2: But can I can I actually give the give them, uh, um, a, a pat on the back actually? Well, for letting the game I, flow.
0: I, yeah.
2: yeah, because I, I I reckon he got it right by not giving the giving the yellow cards at the beginning, because it meant that he could then um, give them more slowly as the game went on, and I think he he predicted that this was going to happen. He kept uh, a lid on it, didn't being he? A, a directive, oh, yeah. And that way I he kept a lid assistive. on it. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Well, yeah, well there's there's that possibility. I just felt for me that he lost it towards the end when um, but it's almost as if he'd given up. When when Mason's tackle was red cardable in itself on um, yeah. on ha- on hazard. And when when that happened he let the dire tackle go, which would have been the other yellow mm-hmm. which would have seen him sent off. And he should have gone down. Yeah. They were the two Two areas, and I also thought that the 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 uh, the third the second assistants were the assistant referees were missing stuff. I almost felt deliberately. Mm. I I felt that there was a kind of an agenda going on. I think you might be
0: right. I mean, Sid Celery, who a lot of people know and love on Twitter, reckons that uh, you know the the potential for massive off, you know, before, during, and after. He thinks it's the police that controlled that game, not the referee. So he didn't want a, well, an ensuing
3: riot. I remember riot.
2: watching Chelsea play at Oldham. Uh, in the FA Cup when Babayaro punched the ball into the net and the referee gave a goal and a policeman wandered onto the pitch and said to the referee clearly you're going to have to cancel that because he punched it and the referee looked at him um, blew his whistle and, and gave the free kick
0: uh, Bizarre Dan final word uh, to you on the aggro on the <laughs> ag- tumbleweed
2: on the, Well no it
0: wasn't it's just that I <laughs> wanted to move on Dan final word on you or, or, on the aggro and is it what we want to see or or, or, or what?
3: I mean, part of it was proper old school, yeah. wasn't it? It felt like a game from about 20, 25 years ago. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with passion no. and pride. And, you know, you, you'd expect that in a, in, a, in a decent derby like this. But just what you don't need is the handbags. I just thought that was yeah. a bit pathetic. Well, at the end.
0: Or, or, yeah. yeah. yeah, I'm inclined to agree with that. I think that's a fair point. Let's, let's just move on because we're overrunning, as we always do. Um, I think for me, you know, and I, I tweeted to this effect, and actually the tweet got a massive amount of love. Uh, but for me, the most important thing is that uh, the record remains intact—26 years unbeaten at home to Tottenham. Um, but, but Marco, how, how important is it? Because you know, surely as eggs are eggs, we're going to lose it one day. I
3: think. I think
1: it's only important. Oh, who've we got here? Oh. Misty, Misty Blues. Who's the best team in the world, Misty? Chelsea. Hey. Fantastic. Say hello
0: to everyone. Hello. Hello, Misty Blue. How are you? Good. Excellent. Good stuff. That's what we like to hear. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Bye-bye.
1: See you on your next speech if you are doing your next speech when I'm alive. Bye. We will
0: next Monday, my love. Right. Marco. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Go on.
3: Chelsea well, Agro. Yeah, Misty Agro. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, mate. What was the question? Uh,
0: I can't remember. Oh, I know. Why? Why is the whole 26 years thing? Or what? You know, I'm beaten at
1: home. Yeah, to I mean, and I think it. I think it's one of those things that only sort of looms into view um, when we when we play Spurs at, at the Bridge. I mean, I think what, what what's remarkable about that record is it sort of dates back to, it, it even predates. You know, Glenn Hoddle coming to Chelsea and transforming our our what fortunes. it
0: predates pretty. the Premier League.
1: Well, well, exactly. So, you know, and I, I think I read somewhere that it's the the longest record of its type in in the Premier League. Yeah. There's no other team have such a poor record um, away at another team in the, in the top flight. The last
3: yeah. the last time Spurs beat us. At Stanford Bridge, Nelson Mandela was still in jail. <laughs> That's how long it is.
0: Oasis hadn't made a record yet. No. No. Uh, what other things uh, hadn't happened? I mean, it's fair, fair to say
3: we dominated them away
1: for quite quite a period of time as well, didn't yeah.
0: we? Do you know what? It was so long ago that Jason Kundy was still playing for Chelsea.
1: Hmm. Well, I, I I remember I remember going to I think we lost four one away. Tottenham, It must have been about 1986 or 87, sometime around there. Got absolutely soaked. It's a great story. This and uh, Baby Gap Bryan, one of the old Gate Seventeen crew, had driven up from the dark dark wilds of Kent, parked his car in in a side street in in um, in a Tottenham in nondescript Tottenham side street, legged it to the ground because it was. Heaving down the rain. When he when he got out, um, he thought his car had been stolen. So uh, he went to the police, reported it, um, thought he knew where he parked it. And as it transpired, six years later, he got uh, a letter from um, what is Harringay Count, whoever it is up there, um, saying that they'd found his car. He, he, he parked it and parked <laughs> it in the street. <laughs> And then it just stayed there. Brilliant. <laughs> sort of like back in the day when, um, when, when things were a little bit more relaxed in terms of uh, parking, pat away. I was walking down the streets checking cars every five seconds. Uh, yeah, brilliant. brilliant,
0: excellent stuff, excellent stuff. Um, I mean, you know, I think I think it's uh, it, 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 I think if you want any proof of why it was why it's so important, uh, and actually why for me that had to be the main focus last night nothing else mattered apart from that but the crackling atmosphere in the stadium just shows how 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 massive it was but having said that i mean the other thing is of course is that you know we ended spurs hopes last night and and there's nothing that the football supporters love more than a bit of schadenfreude and that was delivered up in spades last night and of course you know we did deliver a, a title to leicester by doing so now you know i I I don't really care about that, to be honest. I really don't. I mean, I'm I'm much more concerned with the... Jonathan, you're scratching again.
2: No, not at all. You are, because the blue
0: light comes up when you do. No,
2: no scratching. Well, shut up
0: and put your cock away.
2: No, Um, no cock out. No, no.
0: Bottom line is, number one, in 26 years, that had to remain intact. It has. Number two, screwing up Spurs title chances possibly could be the only chance that they get. Let's let's be honest, because, I mean, we won't be as bad in the future... United, we'll win it next United year. won't City won't Arsenal won't It could they might have really screwed it and that's. But it reminds me of that Liverpool not doing it a couple of years ago it's got the same kind of feeling 55 years they haven't won the title that's how irrelevant they are let's hope it's another 55 more but just the final kind of point that I want to talk about really because whilst I really don't care that we <laughs> handed the title to Leicester what I what i would like to say is congratulations to leicester because i think they deserve the title but also to claudio ranieri and i've been watching twitter today and you know it seems to be quite split between people giving a shit and people not giving a shit and a lot of people not forgiving claudio ranieri for his absolute meltdown in monaco where you know he screwed up you know what up until then was our best chance of of getting to a european cup final But I think we should focus on something else, and and I think we owe Claudio Ranieri an awful lot more than people realise, because if Claudio Ranieri hadn't got us to fourth in 2003, Raymond Abramovich would not have bought this club. Without Champions League football, which is what happened by beating Liverpool in the last game of the season, Raymond would not have bought us, and you can forget the last 13 years. Uh, Dan, what do you think about that?
3: Yeah, absolutely, and and not just that. Also, all of these fantastic players that he brought in, people like Czech and Lampard and uh, um, McAllaily. McAllaily, indeed, yeah, and just such a great spotter of talent. And uh, the funny thing is that the the the, the, um, the the team he's got up got up at Leicester, which was largely assembled by uh, Nigel Pearson. Um, he he brought in uh, Angola Kante and I think he brought in Mares, who two, you know, obviously probably the two best players, but but. If you imagine what he could do with the amount of talent spotting he managed at Chelsea if he's got another season at Leicester to do it I think, I think they can go on and, and, and well I'm not expecting them to win the league next, next year but I think they can continue to do very well
0: mm. I mean we do owe him a debt don't we Jonathan a debt of gratitude for that I think and I think the other thing somebody just mentioned on here I'm not sure if this is true actually uh, but Paul Paul says that he, that he gave John, John Terry his debut is that true I thought it was Viali
3: Right, we'll see, to watch, it see, was see, Ali. 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 Captain. it the
2: captain. Once again, he played. Um, I'm sorry to bring the, this Oldham game in the FA Cup. Jt, I think, had his FA Cup debut in that game away, playing right back. Mm. So, um, but we have, we have a. This dec- is going back years and years. We know, well, yeah. I, 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 can I can I throw Miss spanner in here? You, d- you um, usually I, do. I hated Ranieri as a manager, mm. um, d- despite his ability to. Uh, um, to bring players through and to nurture players because he really was uh, an appalling tinker man he used to whip Zola off at 70 minutes yeah, regardless of the state of play off. and he had the two some, two of the worst players playing for Chelsea I've ever seen in my life Mikanovich and Kiki De Lucas
0: Kiki De Lucas yeah but he did have yeah. some he had a great haircut mate to be fair De Lucas and, had and,
2: a fantastic haircut but and to nah, put it, hang he didn't on, score hang on, any uh, goals. To put
0: it, yeah but to put it in perspective mate and the I mean, people that, I mean. forget. You know, people think we, you know, when we were shit was in the seventies. But at that time, Kike Delucas was our one and only signing that summer, and he was on a free. That's how much of the shit we were in. You know.
2: Yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So you know, that's true. And, and, but but it, but nonetheless, I I, well, I at the time I remember being in a, a sweepstake every week to see if we could predict the team that Ranieri would pick, yeah. and nobody ever won it.
0: But Jonathan, surely you you, you shouldn't uh Begrudged the fact that you know he managed to get us into fourth spot in the Champions League without. I mean, that as, as I just said, I mean we were we were bankrupt basically. But is
2: it true that Roman wouldn't have yes. bought the club if we he hadn't wanted been in the Champions, Champions League, League? Football. Tell him, Dan.
3: Yeah. Yep, that's correct.
2: That's absolutely a fact. Is it's it absolutely yep, a, a fact. fact? It wasn't
3: Champions
2: just. I heard that it he was. He, he was flying over London. Uh, um, if grounds, he had the wings he, of a sparrow, and he, he's, he's, he saw if Rangers. If he had the arse of a crow, Rangers and he thought, uh, He'd fly and over Tottenham tomorrow. I, I don't like then. He flew over Tottenham the Shit, And then he was told to go bound by the Thames. And he flew over Fulham and he went, This is the team you want me to buy? And they went, No, no, it's just up the road. And he went, Yes, I will buy this team.
0: It's quite apocryphal, and but I do like to believe that it's true. Um, look, I, for one, i am grateful for, for Claudio. Uh, you know, basically, pretty much paving the way for Roman to buy the club and uh, bring us the success that we've had ever since although I absolutely totally get Jonathan's point about some of his very irritating traits but I, I, again I just think it's worth remembering how much of the, in the shit we were I mean we were pretty much bankrupt that season and he got us to fourth that's quite an achievement so
2: fair play No I think it was the season before Chidge and the season before that when we felt that the potential because the bond that Bates had put in was still you know he, he was still we had some decent players yeah. well, we'd bought, and, we'd and, bought and Lance to me he yeah, indeed, and he wasn't he wasn't fulfilling the potential of the players. I know. We felt, as a, as a crowd... Thankfully, we're I going thought, to a break, Jonathan, I so
0: I can cut you off so, just like that. Yeah,
2: likely, it's good, because so I want to weave. Oh,
0: good, Jonathan, thank God for that. Right, after the yeah. break, we will be congratulating the youth on their hat-trick of cup wins and asking, should the club be embarrassed at their lack of progression to first-team football? And we'll also be asking, why is Courtois so grumpy? And what is happening with the proposed redevelopment of Stamford Bridge? And why... Jonathan keeps scratching his cock. All of these things will be revealed after the break. Is Jonathan's
1: cock made of paper?
0: Well, clearly, you know, (laughs) clearly. Maybe he needs a Colombian ball slap, or maybe not. We'll be back in a sec.
1: Real
3: fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea.
1: F- Football
0: Fancast. Welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And tonight I'm joined by some wonderful, wonderful people. The caliber of the cast tonight is superb, and I'm humbled by the fact that I'm joined by the ubiquitous Jonathan. K- <coughs> Whoa,
2: I'm about to. Dare,
0: I'm choking up, mate. I'm choking. <laughs>
2: <coughs> I'm choking up Can you the... introduce me again, you choked I did. all over I, my I, intro I choked
0: like a cockerel I don't know why <laughs> don't for Puffing on a fag um, yes. But... Chidge JK In all the years you've been following Chelsea You hardly ever miss a match Home or away But how would you feel if you couldn't be there And it's not
2: on TV Oh Chich, I'd be bereft Inconsolable
0: Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants. 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. dot com. The ubiquitous and wonderful Jonathan Kidd.
2: Oh, thank you so much.
0: Uh, the erudite and uh, the, my favourite Chelsea writer, basically, Mr. Mark Warrell.
1: Good evening.
0: And uh, without doubt, uh, my favourite, favourite uh, Chelsea journalist, a man I was very disappointed not to see in Bournemouth, actually, the other week. And actually, talking of which, Bournemouth was great, wasn't it, Dan?
3: It was a fantastic trip. Really enjoyed it. And talk- um, didn't see much of Bournemouth, it has to <coughs> be said.
0: I saw a lot of the Wetherspoons and the ground, and that was about it.
3: Ah, uh, you see, I-, I went to the Cricketers, which was a cracking uh, pub.
0: Well, I met everybody in the Weatherspoons, including Mark Worrell.
1: <laughs> I got very drunk that day. Did you? And, then, and, then, and the next day... I promised to take Misty to um, Chessington World of Adventures. So the first thing she wanted to go on when we got there was Dragon's Fury, which which lasts about four minutes long and involves going upside down at fast speed. Not not recommended after Chelsea away.
0: The last last thing I remember of you at Bournemouth, Mark, uh, was buying a couple of bottles of something for you and then having a crafty fag outside. (laughs) And I agree. I was so drunk because, of course, I got into the pub quite early. The only two
1: blokes who don't smoke who have a fag outside the pub. (laughs) Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) Terrible, aren't we? Anyway, let's carry on. Um, This little bit here is kind of just a roundup of what's been going on this week. Um, But I think it would be incredibly remiss of us if we didn't talk about the fantastic Youth Cup win uh, the other week, which uh, I watched on glorious ITV what a stunning stunning record this lot have got that's now three uh, uh, youth cup wins in a row uh, which is only I think only been done by the Busby Babes uh, beforehand yep. and, and I think that that has particular uh, pertinence which we will talk about in a minute uh, but they've also lost uh, they've also won five out of the last seven and I think they've been uh, they were the losing finalists in one of those seven weren't they Dan?
3: That's right yeah Boston yeah. Norwich
0: um I mean, it's, I mean, first of all, we should applaud it. I mean, what an incredible achievement, Dan.
3: Yeah, it is brilliant. Um, and it, uh, it's the first, I mean, it's a, a true dominance of the, uh, of the competition. The first time since, as you say, the uh, sort of proto-Busby Babes did it when the, the competition first started from 53 to 57. So, you know, we're, we're talking about over half a century since anybody had this sort of dominance of this competition. Um, and they are really, really good players, a really good team. Um, with massive, massive potential the next thing, and this is what we're about to get on, onto obviously, is, is finding how to, to reach that potential and to make it happen for Chelsea and that's, that's less of an easy thing it would appear
0: well you know what, the first thing that occurred to me you know, after I enjoyed, I mean actually the other thing I really enjoyed, I think they played great football you know I sat there and watched them play and I I thought bloody hell they're much more fun to watch than watching our bunch of wankers that have been playing this season they pass the ball really well don't don't they they? really good on the ball pace energy physicality I mean they bullied City I mean I love Clark Salter and Tamari I mean I'd never seen Tamari or much of him and I thought blimey you're a player son but they all look they're just big 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 strong lads they're wonderful Um, and I like Tammy Abram too what a cracking goal that was an old school goal that was Really enjoyed that. I think they're fantastic, and as Dan said, there's some cracking players there. I mean look, the point really what I mean, apart from you know, applauding them, saying, Well done, they're fantastic. What an amazing record. But the the, the next thing I thought was if we've won five out of the last seven youth cups, which is pretty much unprecedented, you know, shouldn't the club be wholeheartedly embarrassed by the lack of progression, Dan, to the first team? I mean they um, should be, not- surely.
3: And I think they are, if I'm honest, Um, and uh, I think I don't I don't think that's a sort of hiding behind the the sofa embarrassed, though. I think it's a we really want to do something about this embarrassed. Um, And there there seems to be an acceptance at a pretty high level that there is a difficulty in getting players from the age of 18 to the age of 22. Um, To be fair to Chelsea, it's not a a problem that that is unique to Chelsea. and the fact that uh, Marcus Rashford has, has made such headlines shows how difficult it is because he's, he's really the only one who's done it in the Premier League. And, and also, to be fair, that happened by accident, entirely by accident. This wasn't some concerted effort by United to promote from within. They just needed to use him and they did. Now, Chelsea have had to think about ways to, to do that. And, and you know, we've had the, the, the loan system, we've had Vitesse, which I don't think really has worked. Um, but I think there is a, a real plan and there's a belief now that in a couple of years, maybe, maybe one season, maybe two, we're going to start seeing the fruits of it. Um, and we've all got hope that that's the case. Do
0: you really do you really think that'll happen? I mean, because, you know, what, what occurs to me, I mean, I take your point about United, and I take your point about the fact that we're not the only ones, and I hate to sound a bit like Emanalo about that, but he, he did have a little bit of a point. Um, but I just get the feeling that if any other club had this amount of talent in their, in their youth setup up and were winning... As regularly as they are, and don't let let us not forget, they've won back to back, you know, equivalent of the youth Champions League as well. Yep. Um. I just think, I, I just get this feeling at any other club, you know, they would go, you know, what this lot are too good. We we've got to get them in somehow, and and I just have, have a big feeling that it's not going to happen, Dan.
3: The difficulty is there is a real gulf in class between what you see them playing and what you see at the Premier League level. Um, And yeah, they look like they play more open, running football, but they don't have people on their case quite as much as they do in the Premier League. And I I, I was talking to somebody who came up with something quite interesting about the development, and that is that they've they've recently upped their season, so they're now playing about 42, 45 youth-level games a season. Now, that is believed to be equivalent to about 20 to 25 championship or League One games. Now that's a long, long way from 38 Premier League games, isn't it? Um, so, you Boy, know, hence,
0: hence Loftus Cheek struggling fitness-wise. Exactly. This year. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Yes, and, and he looks like a player who just—you know—we've we, seen it week in, week out. When he plays, he gets to 60 minutes and he disappears. Um, yeah. And yeah. they're needing to find ways of sort of extending their their just um, their influence on games of, of just getting them more streetwise, really, which is the most difficult thing. Mm.
0: Marco, what do, what do you reckon, mate, about all of this? Are we, are we missing a trick here, or what?
3: Um, I, I, find it, I find
1: it quite bizarre. I thought, I thought last night perhaps highlighted where um, the issue lies with Chelsea in as much as, um, you know, the reason Chelsea prevailed or, or, or turned that game around last night is they had old heads on that pitch who knew how to deal with such a situation. And, and conversely, Tottenham's young lions, as Harry calls them, um, uh, couldn't couldn't cope couldn't cope with it. You know, they, they had a meltdown. They they just weren't used to that pressure scenario. Um, and I, I just think, you know, the perennial pr- problem at Chelsea is going to be where you've got a con- constant turnover of um, you know managers. Um without any longevity, you know Conte is going to be coming in um he, he'll have already agreed two or three transfer targets with with Eminalo and Grenovski um I, I want him, I want him, I want him um see what he can do uh, and, and you know and so it goes on and so next year, you know what what will happen? Um, it will be it will be the same the same Chelsea story and you know the, the youth may win the the FA Youth Cup for a, for a fourth consecutive year and you know the UEFA Youth League for a third consecutive year but it it won't mean anything um, beyond that um, you know and it'll end up becoming a bit of a not that we have music halls anymore but the music hall joke that you know Chelsea churn out all these players. Um, through through this youth program, and if you look back, you know the, the, these these kids, um, despite all this success over, you know the last, well four or five years where they kind of raised the bar, and moved on. It's not as if they kind of, you know they haven't cut cut the mustard at Chelsea, um, but they haven't really progressed into. Uh, anywhere else, and I, I don't know whether you know that's a function of um, the money these guys are paid. You know, there was, there was that brouhaha with, about Solanke um, last week where I can't remember if it's his dad's it? name, yeah. You know, there, there was kind of shades of Sonny Pike in, in that. I don't know if you're familiar with Sunny yeah, Pike yeah. Story. Um you know, all, all of that just. Doesn't sit very well with me at all in terms of you know you look at what goes on at other clubs where um, players do progress through the academy and you know uh, and do make it elsewhere and Southampton's perhaps a really good example of that. Jack Cork. Um, yeah, well, you just you just wonder, you know, where where will where will. Dominic Solanke be playing his football in three years' time. Where, where will Ruben Loftus Cheek be playing his football in two or three years' time? Um, the trouble
2: is, is, they don't they don't really ever become excellent players. They become good players. It's like De Santo, who they put a lot of uh, effort into, played briefly, didn't he? Was it for Swansea quite well, but then never really, never really achieved enough.
1: I, I just, think, I don't know. I, I just, I just think that Chelsea are. are are, are always going to be a club that buys well, you know that we get criticized for that you know we, we, we buy these players um and and that's how that's why we're successful you know we, we invest all this money in in the academy um you know if, if we're churning these players through and making some kind of return on them I mean you know Josh McEachran I remember being away at Blackpool um, I think it was, uh, it was Willis- I was still the manager there it was, it was a Monday night game at Blackpool and you know it was like Josh McEachern's having a party bring your vodka and your Charlie and he was strolling around and we were like yeah you know the new Frank Lampard and you know ends up getting sold for 700,000 to Brentford um, you, know, I, you know whether he had the physique for it or you know whether it all went a bit to his head that he was on the top dollar and Um, you know all those kind of things I I just question the whole desire and ambition that those kids have making so much money a club like Chelsea I
0: think I think Uh, you got a I think you got a very valid point there Marco and one that was echoed in, in some respects by JT this week I think when you know when he was saying when he started at Chelsea he had to clean Dennis Wise's boots and of course, now, now it's all completely different, and they're all on a lot of money and and there's I, we, we talked about it actually on last week's show, and I, I you know coined the phrase you know they're all a bit big uh, billy big bollocks, you know because they're playing, they they, okay. they kind of think that they've made it already i think mm-hmm. I think the thing that disappoints me most is that you know clearly they are developing some some seriously good talent, and I just find yeah. it inconceivable i i mean I don't expect eleven of them to come through into the first team together as one. But I do expect one or two to make the grade and be exceptionally good players. I think Jonathan's point was, was, was very valid. They all seem to be good, but not exceptional. But I, I think, it, I, for me, it's chicken and egg, isn't it? Because we all know, we've all watched the game for a long, long time. You know, kids develop by playing regularly at a high level. They don't develop by playing at a youth level, and then, B, being farmed out to a lower league club, I don't think. Um, or Vitesse. Vitesse, well, that's just a joke. I mean, I think, to underline what Marco was saying, you know, Dan, if Dominic Solanke thinks he's worth 50 grand a week because he scores seven goals for Vitesse Arnhem, then he's clearly got a mental problem.
2: You know, <laughs> but there you go. Um, Georgia's in the room, by the hello, way. Hello, Georgia. You say- uh, Can
1: you say hello?
0: Hello.
2: Can you say up the blues, please? Can you say up the blues, Georgia?
1: Well it, why?
2: Because that's the football <laughs> team we're talking about. Yeah. Um,
1: she's
2: she's not a great football fan, I'm afraid. Not. No. Yeah. How old is she, Jonathan? She's seven.
1: Oh. you're yeah. yeah.
2: I think,
0: think. I think honey? next week we should do a podcast just with Misty and and Georgia.
2: <laughs>
3: Georgia. I to yeah. say, is it bring your daughter to work it must week be. Or I mean,
2: <laughs> They do it every week. They're on together these two. You're
1: thinking badly, Daddy. I'm thinking badly.
2: I'm thinking she badly. said. She, about that.
0: She's so right. Uh, on, she's so off right. the topic of youth, I think uh, let's talk about um, a little bit about courtois because there was some stuff that was coming out in the press this week. To the effect that uh, it looks like Conte uh, is... Well, he's basically had a chat with Conte. I mean, you know, who knows whether this is true or not. But apparently he's had a chat with Conte. He's not happy at Chelsea. He's quite up for going. Conte's prepared to sell him if he wants to go, provided we get a decent amount of wedge for him. There's a slight uh, tangent to this story, which has come out a bit later this week, which is to do with Christoph Lolicon, Uh which is very interesting, actually, because, of course, Lolichon was Czech's coach but he's um, managed to survive something like six managerial changes at Chelsea. Courtois has a real beef with him and his coaching style. I think uh, Dan will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think blames the knee injury he incurred in training on Lollichon. Begovic also doesn't like Lollichon. And I've also heard that Lollichon is basically Emanalo's grass, Dan. So, you know, is there's a lot been is kicking it, off about Courtois yeah. this week.
1: Wow.
3: Well. Dan? Yeah, I think I think um, I think the writing is on the wall a little bit with Courtois. I would be, I'd be surprised if he didn't go this summer. I think it is almost entirely related to what price can be got for him. And I think if if something around the 50 mil mark was come in, then we might drive him to the airport. Um, exactly. Which.
1: Which he is has. a real
3: shame, given the amount of time and belief that's been invested in him. You know, all those years at Atletico, um, uh, the, the fact that that Czech was got rid of to give him time and to give him a chance, and it just looks like an almighty disaster on the goalkeeping front to me.
2: Mm. I mean, apparently, he has apparently, had a completely dreadful season, hasn't he? He
0: has, but apparently, Apparently, Jonathan, it's been you know being said that he, well, Benny the Blue, very kindly. I don't know where this is from. Maybe Benny can tell me that in a second. Um, but this is what Courtois said today so I, I have a contract for three years so I will say stay uh, I say 100% I'm staying at Chelsea rumours affect any club where things are going badly people think the top players want to leave because they're not in the Champions League I've never had any contact with PSG I've played a lot against PSG recently twice last season again this season in a friendly and twice more in the Champions League this year they are a good club who win their league easily me I like playing in England Paris is a very good club, but I'm happy at Chelsea. Yeah, Courtauld, but what about Real Madrid? You know? I mean, I, I, I like like you were all saying, I mean, I, do you know what? When, when, My first reaction when I um, heard about this rumblings from this moaning, whingy Belgian yet again were, we sold Czech because of you. You know, Czech's got a few good years left in him. I mean, I know Dan and I talked about it Earlier in the season, last season, about the fact that he he's perhaps more susceptible to injuries than he used to be, but we sold a Chelsea legend for this lad, and if he if he slaps it back in our face, I tell you, hell will have no fury like your uncle Chidge in that circumstances, Marco. And I think you share my view, don't you, Mark? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, yeah, I I just don't, you know, I think Courtois, in a way, is. His attitude is kind of all wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, going going back to, you know, obviously he did well at Atletico Madrid. Um, Mourinho wanted to bring him to the bridge, um, but even then he was kind of prevaricating in in that surly Belgian way that, that seems um, so so prevalent. Uh, you know. I don't know. I, I just think he's got to that stage where I, I just don't believe he's as good as he thinks he is. Um, and you know, let's... I think he was
2: helped at Atletico by the the, the fantastic defence that Simeone. Well,
1: exactly. I mean, you know, I was just going to say they're holding their own against Bayern, but Bayern have just scored. Um,
0: so it's what is it one all now? Yeah. Okay. I think it's I saw, uh, just sorry Dan. Alonso.
1: Alonso!
0: <laughs> I'm just no. sorry Dan before before I, I let you in. Alonso. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I know. We had somebody in Mixler the other week from Belgium. And 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 I was gobbing off about how awful like the, the Belgians are, but he he actually a forgave me for being oral about his countrymen, but also pointed out that there was a real attitude problem with this current crop of of Belgian internationals because they're a bit like our golden generation they've had it blown up their arse for the last god knows how long and they and you know as tony montana said don't get high on your own supply you know (laughs) i mean and i think that's the problem and i mean they're all whingy whiny and they really rate themselves i think that's half the, the half the thing but dan i want to ask you a question and by all means say what you were going to say as well but i just want to know if you think there's much truth in it really
3: um, well, I mean, first of all, what I was going to say was I saw somebody who was a, a Chelsea supporter tweeting a, a video the other day and, and they were claiming that um, uh, Courtauld was the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. And I felt like that, saying that thing they used to say about Ringo Starr, he wasn't even the best drummer in the Beatles.
0: Or, or, or for the cricket fans amongst us, you're not even the best batsman in your own family, set, oh, said yes. to Mark War.
3: Yes. Um, but um, do I believe it? Um, I mean, I, I, I certainly believe that... Um, there's a good chance he'll be leaving in the summer. Um, I, I think um, what you're saying about this this crop of Belgian players has, has got a lot to it. They remind me a bit of uh, some of the Dutch players um, of um, a few <coughs> years back, you know, the Van Basten mm. sort of era when there was incredible Rijkaard. talent there that but, but they could never play as a team, yeah. you know. yeah. Um, and that that worries me a lot. Um, but but w- what will happen will happen, as this. What
0: will be will be. We're not going. Well, we might be going to Wembley. That's an incredibly good segue, Dan. Actually, yeah. uh, because um, I read a a very interesting article penned by your good self in. Uh, you said it was Eurosport, didn't you? Yes. Uh, and basically, why don't why don't I shut up and you tell me the tenant of your uh, your wonderful art article spent A R T I. C A L, la Graham Roberts today on Twitter. (laughs)
3: Um, Yeah, this was just a a bit of a look at what was going on with um, the new ground and what might happen. Um, It's now six months since the planning application went in to Hammersmith and Fulham Council, and, uh, you know, people are wondering what's going on. Well, they're just going through the, jumping through the hoops, you know, checking that people don't have objections to it. People will, that's quite normal. And then eventually it will go to planning committee and, and the council will decide... Either, yeah, we're going to give you the green light, or alternatively, we're going to have some sort of lengthy appeals process, which everyone hates. Um, What, of course, isn't in there, and and this is the stuff that that probably is more interesting to a lot of people at the moment, is what's happening with timescale and what's happening with funding. Now, there was a a timescale set out in the the original planning application that said, uh, well, we're going to aim to start doing the preliminary work at the end of this season that's about to end. And then a year from that, we'll move out of Stamford Bridge, go somewhere temporary, and uh, and the whole thing will be brought down. And then there'll be three or four years and we'll be back. Now, there's some sort of noise from jungle drums that I'm hearing of late that sort of questions a little bit of that at the moment. Certainly, I've heard from good sources that um, executive boxes and corporate hospitality at Stamford Bridge are being let already on a two to three year basis which would suggest that at the end of two years when we're supposed to be moving, uh, we're already giving people spaces in the ground that we're supposed to be demolishing. And secondly, that... Um, I, would, I wouldn't put pa-
0: anything past Chelsea, mate, to sell, sell well, some tickets, that's, that's, was, true. so it won't be yeah. there, but anyway.
3: Um, and secondly, that um, you know, people who work on the ancillary side on match days, people who are directly employed by the club, have been told you know you're worried that you might be losing your job at the end of two years because Wembley has all its own stewards and all its own ancillary staff. Well, don't worry, your job will be safe. Now, that all indicates that there might be some sort of hold-up, and there's a lot of talk about this at the moment. A lot of people, you've got an in, are saying these things, and it's very difficult to find what is true and what isn't. So that was just putting that out there and just saying it'd be nice to know um, but I can't give any, anything definite on that but don't be surprised if you hear something over the summer. Uh, so that was the first thing <clears throat> um, So I don't know if you want to talk about that, what do you think about the possibility that we might be slipping on the plan? Well
0: the, yeah I think I, for, for me there are two sides to your article that really piqued my interest, one was the planning side and the other was the finance, so let's take the planning yeah. side first because you know, we're all under the impression that uh, last next season will be our last at Stamford Bridge as we know it uh, but I have a suspicion, Dan, that we can't separate these two things; that they are, in fact, in- inextricably linked. I mean, well, they are a bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it, you know, the presumption that most supporters have, of course, is that that Roman will be dipping his hand in his pocket because, of course, this is a Fordstown Limited project, not a Chelsea Football Club project. And I think the presumption amongst most of us was that he would just glibly spend the five hundred million because, of course, that's what Roman likes to do. But what was interesting. Which I didn't think of before was that you said that actually that that's not how this deal will be financed.
3: Well, again, we're we're into the world of, of speculation here, but um if you look at the way that Roman has behaved around Chelsea recently, he's done it in order to balance books. There's not been any additional great investment really there. There's been a few extra more money than you or I have got got to spare, certainly, but, but a few extra quid coming in each summer, but not to the order of five hundred million quid. Um now the the, the something that that again has has come from reasonable sources is that that um that he may be looking for some sort of partnership deal in order to finance the building of the stadium uh this would be quite normal you know other clubs have done this big capital projects people go to the markets and you know who's who's building everything at the moment the chinese are so potentially could go to china and say here have a percentage of the club if you build our stadium and pay for it now That is a problem because, as we know, Roman doesn't actually own the stadium. Um, And if you want to mortgage part of the stadium against uh, it being rebuilt, technically, you you probably could do with owning the stadium. Um, And that takes us on to the the, the next big, big thing, and that is CPO. Now, this is something we talk about a lot on here, I know. Chelsea don't own the grounds. Chelsea pitch owners own the ground. Um, And they've attempted in the past to buy the ground from them unsuccessfully. And the expectation at the moment is that if they tried again, they'd probably fail again. What could potentially happen, rather than buying, is what if it went completely the other way and they attempted to do a sweetheart deal with the pitch owners to say, hang on, we want to be together, we want the same thing, why don't we try and extend the lease instead of buying it? Why don't you give us, say, 999 years to run our football club on your land and then we've got far more certainty to go to markets and to developers and to get something going. Now, that, as I say, is also all speculation at the moment, but I think it's something we're going to start hearing a lot more about over the summer.
0: And and in in many respects, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if anybody owns property in the middle of London, which I'm fortunate enough to do, uh, you don't own any of it, really. I mean, apart from the fact that you usually have a mortgage, which means the bank owns it, but, of course, you, you are nearly always a leaseholder if you own a flat in London. And one thing you know for sure... Is if you're about to spend a lot of money buying a flat in London, you check to see how long the lease is for, and if it's about a hundred, you know, if it's a hundred years or less, that's not very good. But if it's 999, that's pretty good. So, in short, Dan, what you're saying is that if Roman decides to sell a percentage of the club to the Chinese, as you were you were speculating, um, they would basically be leaseholders on a very very long lease.
3: And, and that is what any, any developer who wanted to come in and spend 500 million on a new ground for Chelsea would expect. Security. You know, they'd want, they want security. The biggest risk, of course, is the lease at the moment is 180 years, which in terms of your flat or or, or anybody else's flat sounds like a long time. Mm. But in terms of a plot of land that's worth, who knows, a billion quid and, an, and, a, and a stadium building that's maybe costing half a billion quid, 180 years is not very long. 999 years is a long time. Mm. Um so one to watch i think
0: yeah, interesting boys have you got anything to say about that
1: uh, well, well, got, um, sorry, sorry
2: go on jonathan no no i'm 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 hugely uninformed about it i think dan uh, knows so much about it that it's uh, it's excellent um um uh, oh, yes, there was something i wanted to ask you dan you mentioned at the in the uh, the, the chelsea supporters uh, um meeting that the the railway would be boarded over and that might be happening at the end of the season that was what had been been um dis- uh, discussed that you'd heard um does that mean that the that that train track isn't used anymore is it
3: uh... no no um the the initial plan suggests boarding uh, putting sort of um flat boards over the top of the working railway um at the end of this season um it's the southern main line railway it goes down to Clapham Junction I think um uh, but but that's just to expand the amount of Land that Chelsea have got at Stamford Bridge in order to build on top.
2: You know, I'm saying so it, wouldn't, it wouldn't just be over the line, it would have to be over a level to allow people yes. to, uh, um, so the trains could still run. So it'd be like a tunnel, be like an effectively like a kind of tunnel.
3: That's exa- exactly what the plan is, yeah.
2: Yeah, because I, I remember there being mooted years ago that there should be a, uh, a station there that was supposed to go in, in tandem with the East Stand at the very beginning when the East Stand was actually built in the 70s. It was supposed to be Chelsea FC as a, sta- as a station, so yeah. the fans could then come in that way to go into the um, uh, to go into the to the stand.
3: Well, that's that, that's that would probably be impossible these days because of the amount of space and sort of disability access requirements. Then there were no hat. indeed,
2: indeed, absolutely. This was a but this was just something that I think had been drawn up. I think they um, should call it Wallham Green again.
1: That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah.
2: Instead of Fulham Broadway. Exactly. Yeah. Marco, okay, you're you're about to say something a second
0: ago.
1: No, no. <laughs> I in 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 the in the wacky little world that I live in down at the CFC UK coastal, there is There is. What do you
0: mean, the wacky little world? It's the it's the epicenter of all things Chelsea, mate.
1: It is, but it, it it's where it's where on rainy afternoons, <coughs> conspiracy theories. <forward>.
0: <laughs> True <laughs> enough. You're talking about <laughs> Jason again, aren't you?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and the, the, the conspiracy theory is, is that. Um, if, if Chelsea had won the league this year as everyone expected them to, um, all, all these rumblings of um, stadium uh, redevelopment plans going on hold would, would not be uh, being heard at all. And that perhaps Romans looking at the uh, spectacular way Chelsea have fallen by the wayside, not playing in Europe, etc., and thinking hang on a minute um, i think we need to get the playing side of things back on uh, back to where they where he expects them to be every season before that sounds feasible to me Marco. So i don't mean, know I mean, it's you know it, it seems too much of a coincidence because you know i remember i think it was was it june dan i'm not sure when when there was the open the open day at the club and everybody went to see the plans for the new stadium for the first time um you know and it was like wow look at all this and you know another season at the bridge or another two seasons as it, as it was then at the bridge and blah 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 and everybody's yeah great i can see all that you know rome and um, sorry and jose is going to be the man to uh walk out with the team with he probably still will be in four years' time, Marco. He'll probably come back. Well, it's just... crazy how things change, isn't it? Uh, mind you, yeah, as you say. I mean, um, Jose will probably be back to manage Chelsea for a third time by the time we get into the new stadium.
0: I mean, the fact the fact is, Mark. I mean, stranger things have happened. Actually, bizarrely enough, because like you, I've been around the block a while, and, and and I have to say, my mind wandered in that direction, which is maybe he was thinking, well, you know what? you know, do we really need a 60,000-seater stadium when, you know, we can't even get into the, the top four? But who knows? I think this will run and run and run, but what what I would like to say, and and Debs, I've seen your question to Dan, and I'm going to put it into the next part, but I'd like to say thank you, Dan, for enlightening us, uh, not just in the article, but
1: um, we're very privileged to have just you on here to talk about this. Marco. Just, no, just I'll just quickly ask Dan, you know, obviously he's got, um, he's closer to the heartbeat of things go that, things going on. Not, not, not as in, have you heard anything, but what, what, what's your gut feel? Do you think there's kind of like uh, our conspiracy theory at the stall is um, just that, a theory, or do, do you think them, them might, that it might have some merit in the general scheme of things?
3: I think there's a grain of truth in it, in that when, whenever you talk about Chelsea at the highest level, you're always talking about one guy. And at the end of the day, there's only one guy that takes all the decisions. And from the little we know about him, we know he's very impulsive and he wants to do what he wants to do. And to be fair to him, it's his money and I can't disagree with that. Um, But he does seem to change his mind quite a lot about the direction of things, as we've seen with managers. So there's no reason to doubt that he would do the same with any other aspect of a a business he owns.
0: Mm, Okay. well, that's great stuff. Right, you lot, after the break, uh, we've got a couple of cracking emails and the usual uh, usual pluggery. I know I know it's tempting for you to all go away, but please don't because they're important and I don't do them for my health, you know. So there we go, we'll see you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions.
3: I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea
1: football fancast.
0: Welcome back. I am Sam Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. We're on the home straight, part four, uh, and uh, I've, I've had a very funny evening tonight. Actually, that was that was way too intelligent that last part. I'm, I'm feeling a bit drained now, but it's been great fun, largely because we screwed up Tottenham's glory. Their eyes have not seen the glory for 55 years, so I have no idea what they talk about when they go. Mine eyes have seen the glory. Any anybody know what they mean by that, Marco?
1: Say that again Mine eyes
2: oh. have seen the glory. Well, not, is, not, it, not unless you're over 60. It's John Brown's body, isn't it? or they just doing. It's the calming
1: right? of the Lord. Yeah, exactly.
2: But I like the fact that if they'd won the um, if they won the league, we wouldn't be able to sing the John Terry song, would we? So I like that. Yeah, you, is that your favourite Chelsea song? No, not at all. My favourite Chelsea song is um, We All Hate Leeds. And Leeds. And Leeds. And Leeds. And Leeds. And Leeds. We all That's one of my favourites,
0: you. actually, Jonathan, I've got, got to say. Right, um, we've also got, as you've heard, you've got lovely Marco, you've got the lovely Jonathan Kidd, and, of course, you've got the wonderful and erudite and informative Mr Dan Levine. Hello. Dan, I've, I've, it, it has come to my attention that you have been doing quite a lot of early shifts at Talk Sport recently.
3: God, I'm knackered, mate, I tell you. What
0: have you done to deserve
3: that? <laughs> I don't know. All I can say is it's not what you know, it's who you know.
0: Yeah, clearly it is, but on the Alan Brazil show, too.
3: Yes, it's been quite fun actually. It's it, 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 sometimes it's a bit of a, a pinch yourself moment when you're you're sitting there before toast in the morning, have a, having a, a reasonably intelligent conversation about football with David Ginola. Oh right, um, yeah, it, which which is it's quite odd and you know it's, it's enjoyable. My mm,
0: well, excellent stuff, well done, well for, done for flying the flag, and I hope that Brazil's treating you with the respect that you deserve.
3: He's a very nice man. Actually, I've never met
0: him to be fair. Um, he had a go at me on on air once, but this was you know when the Rafa thing came out. And I went on a ranty rant 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 with uh, Goldstein and, you know, flipped my lid a bit and it got, kept on getting repeated and played on the breakfast show, and he was very scathing about me. So, But I have friends who've been out for a drink with him and said he's quite fun to go for a drink with, which I don't doubt for a minute. Anyway, I think that's
2: a breakfast, isn't it, Chidge? He has to have a beer at breakfast. Yeah. breakfast
0: uh, there's right some there. great stories about Alan Brazil, which I better not reveal on this show for legal reasons. Uh, anyway, uh, Jonathan, we have two fantastic emails this week.
2: Can I just say what my other, other favourite song is? Yeah it's Alan, 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 ball Alan, ball, Alan, ball Alan, 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 Alan ball Alan, Alan, Alan
0: well, on ball Remember that, the next bit? on that note me and Marco have a favourite song I haven't finished it oh, yet oh god really it. hurry up then
2: the next bit is wank, 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 wank wank, 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 wank very
0: aptly very aptly the wait was worth it uh, me, <that-> me and Marco have got a favourite <laughs> song <inaudible> Lee, Bums, Bell
1: Bell bumps Lee, Lee. Lee and Lee. Bell
0: Bums, Summer Lee. B, with Lee. a knickknack, knack paddy <laughs> won't give a log like a bone, why don't City fuck <laughs> off home? What I love about you, Mark, well, there's many things I love about you, as you well know, but you're always prone to tweet that whenever a City-related thing comes <laughs> out. And I just sit there watching it thinking, I wonder how many people remember that song?
1: I'll tell you what, talking about Alan Ball, um, I, I remember having a pair of football boots. I was crap at football, but I got given a pair of Allen ball boots one Christmas, which sort of had a rotating bit under the, the toe. Um, they were white with blue flashes. Um, I, I was sort of thinking, why? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think any of us know the answer to that. Jonathan, give us these emails
1: trying to find
2: them online. Email number one. It's
0: all
1: very well
2: being rude and lots of cheek, but you have to score goals as well. The story of Chelsea this season, question mark. But seriously, what really went wrong with Chelsea? Was it not the conflict between the Gothic and Cosmopolitan? Mm. Liverpool is an example of Gothic with its annoying religious devotion, and Chelsea at the opposite end of the spectrum is Cosmopolitan with its tradition of stylish technical mastery but Mourinho has a foot in both camps, he has a gothic soul demanding devotion to his religion of football and excommunication to all unbelievers resulting in the well known siege mentality but he combines this gothic soul with technical and tactical brilliance, a high priest of football and at the same time a chess grand grandmaster. question mark This was all very well with players who bought into his religion of tactical brilliance, the old indomitable spine of Czech Terry, Makaleli, Lampard and Drogba. But as these were replaced by cosmopolitan technocrats such as Hazard, Fabregas and Pedro, the devotion was increasingly ridiculed. Mourinho began this season demanding the old 110% commitment with an eye to achieving legendary status for Chelsea. The double, the treble, the Champions League, they were on the horizon. We dreamed that Chelsea would join the ranks of the great football dynasties of Europe. We will always love him for that. Kaboom! The dream spectacularly exploded as the irresistible force collided with the immovable dressing room. We also have to face the fact that Jose was never really happy with our cosmopolitan cosmopolitan attitude. He intimated that Liverpool and Man U fans were better than us, i.e., more fanatically religious and loud but we are what we are our love of the game is second to none and we will yet build a dynasty which is true to our roots and will not implode due to conflicting world views and diverging football philosophies richard crow chelsea family since 1909
0: so wow that's a
3: that's a letter
0: that is a letter who would like to comment on that
3: don't... Can I yeah, damn. Can I chip in with something yeah, actually? I think it. he makes a very, very good point there, and that's something that, that I thought for a while. That basically we tried to go and do Mourinho with a load of Guardiola players, yeah. and and that's essentially what he's saying, yeah. isn't it? That's that's you know putting it in into into maybe more layman's terms, um, and and, it, and from that point of view, you can understand why it didn't really work in the end, um, but. I, I, I like the idea of the sort of the Gothic and the cosmopolitan. That's that's something I've never really thought about before. Incredibly well written letter. Beautiful,
0: wasn't it? Uh, puts us to shame. What well, puts me to shame? I wouldn't say it puts you and Mark to shame. And I can't vouch for Jonathan. But I think it's a <laughs> I, I think it's a great great point. And actually, you know, in our own uh, perhaps less in, less articulate way, we've been saying the same thing. I mean, it's been driving me up the absolute swanny watching tacker players. Because I don't like ticker a football I don't like small, stupid technical players. I like players with pace and power who win stuff. And I think you're absolutely... Well, all
2: the youth, all the youth are pace and well, power, aren't they? Yep.
0: We made that point in the last part, didn't we? That they It's did. a joy to watch them. They're technically very good. They're fast. They've got energy. They're powerful. But they've got a very high technical level, too. I mean, and they keep the ball. And, I, I mean, you know, it be interesting to see what you three think. Because you're, you're, we're all a similar vintage. But... You know, I remember one of the biggest criticisms of English football, particularly at international level, has always been that we cannot keep hold of the ball. The ball is not our friend. And, and I am not saying that I, I, I don't like and respect a team's ability to do that. But, you know, I don't like this wankery passing for passing's sake like Arsenal and Barcelona play. I like it to have a purpose. And that purpose... played at
2: the beginning of the season, yeah,
0: That purpose is to put the ball in the back of the fucking net anyway I rest the, the, there endeth the lesson from Chidge this week but Richard that is a a cracking cracking e- I told you we had some good ones this week Jonathan yeah we did anyway there's another
2: one email numero de Chidge yep when does the draw feel like no, that's I know the, I always the do letter that email. Yeah, yeah you always do that <coughs> yeah. um, Chidge that's the email starting by the way I'll do it again Chidge yep. when does <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay I'll oh, shut up I promise
2: Chidge, when does a draw feel like a win when you maintain a 26-year streak and you prevent the fucking Spurs from winning the title? (laughs) I must admit, if you looked at our form a couple of weeks ago, I felt for sure this would be a loss. While I felt a little better after last, last week's win at Bournemouth, I felt even better when I heard Eden Hazard's comments about wanting to beat Spurs. I was surprised to see him with the reserves, but the second half was something to watch. The Eden of old, buzzing around the pitch, terrorising back lines. He simply had to score. And I don't remember him finishing like that since his game against Liverpool in 2013. What I was most impressed about was that the team seemed to give it there all for about 70 of the 90 minutes of the match. If we had that sort of passion in the first half of the season, we would probably be in the running for top four. And how about when William patted the gold badge when Spurs fans were chanting, your fucking shit. It warmed the cockles of my cold, dead heart to see our (laughs) best player sending some stick to those Muppets. I would also like to praise the team for keeping their cool in light of a terrible performance by Mark Clattenburg, a guy that I'm convinced was trying not to send off any players. Spurs lost their cool. And the Blues kept it. And that was the difference. Thank you again for all of you. Jonathan and the Fancast team do for us. Oh, thanks for mentioning me alone. There. Uh, I can't listen live anymore due to an office move. I'm now right next to the boss. <laughs> oh, but no. you guys have been lone shining light this difficult oh. season. For that, I think we are all... Eternally grateful. Oh, that's, that's a lovely. Eat the blue flag flying high, Mac Bergson, Jacksonville, Florida.
0: That's a cracking email, Mac. Fantastic. Uh, anybody want to comment other than me?
1: I think he's nailed
0: it. He has. Do <laughs> no. you know what I was thinking that Marco, as, as I was listening to that? You know that that's the fan cast this week done in 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 four paragraphs. So well played, Mac. Uh, but that's brilliant. And I, it's interesting what he says about Clattenburg too. And I think we did make that point, didn't we, earlier that. Uh, uh, he he was clearly determined not to send anybody off. I mean, one of the things I thought about that was that I think he, because they kind of do look at the refs' uh, track record, you know, they tot it all up, don't they, at the end of the season? It just, I, it did occur to me that maybe that's what he was trying to do, you know, not not to screw up his uh, his his record before the end of the season. I don't know more conspiracy. I thought theories. the fact
2: that he was appointed was quite um, uh, had had a had a an appoint to it had a um, was quite significant. Mm. Um, they wanted somebody hard to do the to run the, the game, and uh, you know I said earlier I think I think perhaps they made a decision from the beginning that they, they would try and keep it all under wraps and they wouldn't um, they would not send anybody He's off. He's about as hard as, as, as a puff pastry,
0: Jonathan. What are you talking about? You've seen yeah, that haircut. I he loves himself. As Les Ferdinand once said on a programme of mine about Graham Pole, he said he loves himself so much. If he was if he was made of chocolate, he'd lick himself. <laughs> which uh, I thought was very good. If,
2: if he could reach, indeed, uh,
0: <laughs> cracking email, Mac and Richard. Uh, keep them coming in, folks. Uh, a, it gives something uh, for you know Jonathan something to do in part four, which is very important. It, basically, what it does, it keeps Jonathan's motivation going right to the end of the show. Isn't that right, Mac? Otherwise,
2: I'd be asleep. You would. In bed.
0: You know, because he look he looks forward to reading your emails out. And I have to say, Jonathan, I th- I thought in in uh, Cecil B. DeMille terms, you gave a lot of awe tonight. Oh. you did you, you put you put 100% into those and I am very very grateful. All right. Um do you want to do the plugs this week mate?
2: Yes please. Um CFC UK you can get the last CFC UK of the season at home games from the CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway tube and also at away games. And also there were lots of people standing in the street um impersonating um he must not be named. Hurry up. Hurry uh, up. Um uh, there's one just as you come out of the tube every time there. Um, if you can't get it there, you can always get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net, and if you're in the USA, follow Twitter account at cfcukusa. And if anyone's interested in getting a CFC UK copy, contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at d_lundberg. D L U N D B E R G.
0: Now, as as we've got Marco on the show this week, can we have a quick sneaky exclusive Chelsea fancast preview of your article? Because as you know, Mark, I only read. Well, I obviously read mine first, as we all know. Uh, running, I've running joke of the CFC UK stall is that I always open it and read mine first. But I read yours, Walters, Tim's, and Kelvin's without fail first. I've got, I've
1: got a little snippet that I think you might. Oh, oh, oh. hello, hello.
0: Here we go. Exclusive.
1: Here we go. Right. Chelsea's precipitous demise this season has been debated at length week in, week out since the first day of the campaign last August when Branislav Ivanovic was traumatised by Swansea City (laughs) winger Jefferson Montero and former club doctor Eva Carnero was verbally abused by former manager Jose Mourinho. Carnero departed, Mourinho was sacked. The supporters had a meltdown, which was expected as the wheat was growing thin. And, come April, it was Groundhog Day at the Liberty Stadium, where Swansea's Montero had Ivanovic on toast once more, though lightly buttered with matniasga this time, and sprinkled <laughs> with grated Caesar Quetta.
0: <laughs> Lovely stuff. You, Brilliant. See, you see, the thing is... As Marco will well know, because I wasn't there last night, I have not yet picked up my my copy of said CFC UK, so I'm glad I got it. Well, the... we've
1: got 450 in the lock-up, mate, and that's
0: it. Well, well look, <laughs> for God's sake, save me one. I'm not there until Leicester. Uh, you better save well, we me one. Well, am going
1: Bridge to Leicester, not we, so...
0: Well, that's true, yeah, but he'll be selling a few up in uh, Sunderland and Liverpool. Why, hey. So make sure you save me one. I, I go absolutely potty if I don't get my... My CFC UK fix once a month, because as I said, I mean, you know, I joke about me reading mine first, but if I don't get to read what Marco, Tim, uh, Kelvin, and uh, Waltz have written in the in this month's edition, I go absolutely potty. So it's a brilliant rag, and well done, well done, DJ, for keeping it all together this year, and Marco, because I know he plays a big part in that. So there we go. Right, enough, Jonathan. Uh, CST,
2: Chelsea Supporters Trust. Join the trust, get your voice heard by the club. Five pounds to become a voting member or free for non-voting members. Sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com so you can attend the meetings, come to the events and vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard. Follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. And there was a meeting on Monday at the Chelsea Pensioner, which is a, a, a sweet little room at the bottom of the, the pub there, um, which uh, uh, Dan was um, was in attendance at. And uh, um, it, was, it was very informative and um, DJ was there being uh, um, once again only a pound he must not be named Um, um, being very informed and amusing and uh, losing his thread from time to time but in fact everybody would come up with a kind of theory and he would just say no it's not like that at all I know and uh, I felt on a couple of occasions it was worth just sitting in there and letting him speak to everybody Did
0: did they let him sit at the head table this time
2: Yes, they did. Oh, they did. Because I was. He, he, he put he put his feet up and took his shoes off. Did he? And No, he didn't. He kept, he kept put his feet up and then then uh, rather dramatically left at half-time. Yeah, that sounds going, like uh, I love him. He's bonkers. To go and arrange a flag, but he was very. He's, I love the fact he's very informed about the club, as was everybody. He's got the inside track, Jonathan.
0: He's got the inside track.
2: Yeah, but you know, so it says worth attending these meetings. If you can get along there, uh, everybody on the committee is. Is deeply, deeply knowledgeable, and it's um, it's a big insight. And they have guests like Dan on to make you know come and make speeches about stuff as well, how, how- which is very, very informed. It's a very good thing to be involved with. How did it go, Dan?
3: Oh, no, I thought I was great. I don't know, about, <laughs> I don't know about anybody else in the room.
0: <laughs> good meeting, then, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and you... um, no, it was—it was good to—they're always good to attend because you hear—you hear all sorts of things that other like like like-minded people are concerned about. Uh, you hear all sorts of issues, and you know that by being a part of that, you're actually doing something that helps the supporters' voice get recognised. So, its, it's a great thing, and I, I would wholly recommend joining.
0: Excellent stuff. CFC unofficial, also known as Debs, of course, who is on the board of the trust and looks after the website and a lot of the social media and actually, basically, I think Debs is doing most of the things on the Trust at the moment, but she said Dan was great. Cheers, Debs. So there you go. Now, on that point, um, I know we're about to plug uh, CP... Have, we, have we, we, We've we told people how they can join the Trust, haven't we, Jonathan? Yes. Yeah. yes, yes. Uh, I know we're about to plug the CPO, but there's kind of a better way of plugging the CPO in a way because Debs has asked this question earlier on to Dan, uh, and she says one of the selling points of the CPO is to protect from Bridge from getting into the hands of a scrupulous... I think you mean... unscrupulous Unscrupulous. owner to make sure we always have our team playing there. If we extend the lease, or even if we don't, what's to stop Roman selling the lease onto someone without our best interests in mind, Dan?
3: Well, that's an interesting point. If we were to extend the lease to Chelsea Football Club, one would imagine, and again, we're into the world of speculation here, we still are the leaseholder. And anybody who wants to, to procure that would still have to come to i say i use the royal we here um uh, the cpo as 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 a body and ask them for it and of course if the cpo don't want to sell they ain't gonna sell Mm. um i I would still say that if you want to secure chelsea's future at stanford bridge the best way you can do that is definitely to buy a share in cpo
0: exactly and how do we do that jonathan
2: and we go to the website
0: Mm. well actually i can tell you because i've I'm, i'm i've kind of you know Fuddled you, I can tell. But no, no, nope. not
2: at all. You go, you go to buy a share for 100 pounds from the email at info at info.chelseapitchowners.com.
0: Excellent, and you have got a website oh, address. Oh, you can even
2: check it out on chelseafccom fans chelsea pitch owners and then you can also follow them on Twitter at pitchowners. There you so go. I wasn't, I wasn't caught out. I
0: know. Well, I, I, I was just testing you there. You know, yeah. you, you came back well, a bit like Thank Chelsea you. against Spurs. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, I'm just thinking about the time. and I don't have time for the next two plugs, so I'll do them next week. But uh, blimey, uh, it, it, it seems like it's gone on for ages tonight. Am I right? Has it gone on for ages tonight? It, I don't know.
2: It's, Ooh, I don't know whether one it's. One hour 53 minutes. Yeah,
0: well, I just, either it's whiz-pass or God, I can never tell. Um, but anyway, what I can tell you is that uh, we've got a game against Sunderland, the Black Cats. Horrible, horrible place to go and watch a game of football, but uh, thankfully it's at three o'clock on Saturday, isn't it, chap? So it won't be too bad. Presumably you're going, Dan.
3: Of course.
0: Uh, I don't think any of us are going. I know I'm not. Uh, I don't know about Marco and Jonathan. No. No. Marco? No. 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 You'll be braving it on your own, Dan.
3: Well, I shan't because Chelsea are running a special train and it'll be full of fans, as always, and the end will be full. So all for a game that matters for naught. So well done. If is going. Yeah,
0: that's worth mentioning, isn't it? it's a game that means absolutely diddly squat it's it's a round trip of about what 400 miles 500 miles 600 600 miles it's bloody cold up in Sunderland even when it's hot everywhere else uh, they're not very friendly and uh, you know and it's cost quite a lot of money to get up there and yet we have got our entire allocation haven't we
3: and it's ninety nine a pint in Weatherstones. Ah,
0: there is a redeeming feature after all. <laughs> I knew there would be something. Well, Dan... It, uh, be-
2: it means a lot to Sunderland, Judge.
0: Yeah, 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 I know. Um, be safe, Dan. That's the first thing I would say. Let's hope that they don't take all the windows out of the train on the way back like they did in 19... Was it 82? Or was it 92? I can never remember. I've got such a terrible memory. This... What we should have, Marco, we should always have Kelvin on speed dial. You know, do we do the Chelsea <laughs> fan cast? Because he has a memory like nobody I've ever he has encountered. A memory like an elephant. Yeah, you know why that is, though, don't you? Because he is an elephant. Well, no, no. You you might say that I couldn't possibly comment. Uh, it's because he doesn't drink. So therefore, he remembers everything. true. Yeah, I've only—I finally worked out why his memory's so good because he hasn't obliterated his brain cells like I have by drinking himself into a stupor at most football matches. But there you go. Right, uh, we will be back next Monday to report back on said Sunderland game, and uh, I will be joined, of course, by the ubiquitous Jonathan Kidd.
2: Oh, lovely!
0: And we'll also got the lovely Dan Silver in the house. My my great little mate, Dan Silver. And the return of the reverend, the reverend Tony Glover, who at the moment is sunning himself up France A, Or as I told him earlier on Twitter, he's doing a Bonnie Tyler because he's lost in France. Uh, anyway, uh, that'll be quite fun. I can't wait for that. Now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at uh, Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan and Jonathan Kidd, Mark at Gate17, Marco and Dan at Dan Levine. And of course, check out the website, uh, which is ChelseaFanCast.com. Now, many thanks to my guests this week. Uh, Jonathan, as always, it's lovely to have you in the house.
2: Excellent to be on. Thank you for having me.
0: Pleasure. See you next week. Marco, as always, an absolute delight and pleasure to have you on the show.
1: I thoroughly enjoyed it. Excellent people.
0: stuff. And I will see you at the stall for Leicester.
1: Indeed. And
0: interestingly enough, uh, without giving a, quite, a quick teaser of my CFCU article, basically I'm lamenting the end of the season and the long summer without seeing any of you lovely people. So... Apart from Leicester, we should try and have a hook-up sometime in the summer, because that's always quite fun when we do that. I'll see you at Lord's. Special
1: summer edition
0: well, we edition. should do it. Well, yeah, we've got a plan, actually, me and Marco, which I cannot reveal, because it's too hush-hush and secret. Ooh. Jonathan, and I will see at Lord's, but hopefully I'll see him at Leicester first. Dan, I hope to see you uh, in and around the pubs on the last day of uh, the season
3: that'd be great I hope, I hope so look forward to it and I
0: do have a, a rumour I can't remember who's on the, the review show that we do a couple of weeks afterwards but I suspect I think you, you may well all be on I can't remember actually but anyway no doubt I shall reveal that sooner or later but lovely to have you all on the show tonight thank you so much you've been great as always uh, massive 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 shout out oh oh, hey. oh London calling oh. lovely I'll get sued now um, no the clash no I love them they would never do that uh, a massive, massive, massive shout-out to the lovely, lovely, loyal, hardcore people in Mixler who uh, who I may not shout out all the time, but I do read your posts as they come in and you entertain me royally. For that, I'm grateful, but more grateful for the fact that you have all been listening intently and I love you all for it. Now, thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chels. Up the Chels!